Let's pray, all right? Father, thank you for this morning. And Father, how we can enjoy your creation and the breeze and a chair to sit in and some shade. But better than that, Father, you're with us. Thank you, Father, for being with us. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Father, help us to learn. I've got a long ways to go, God, to, to learn to, to be more like you. I need all the help I can get today, right now, this second. Thank you for this family. And help us to glorify you. Take care of muscles. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Philippians chapter 1. What a way to live. I want to report to you, friends, that my imprisonment here, what, is it, what do we already know? What else? Is it uh, Hyatt Regency? No, it's not very fun in there. No fun? No, not too much. Not too much fun. But it has the opposite of its intended effect. Instead of being squelched, what does that mean? Uh, squelched, huh? Snuffed out. Instead of it being snuffed out, the message has actually prospered. Man, I love that. Amen? All the soldiers here and everyone else found out that I'm in jail because of this Messiah. Amen. How'd that happen? Somebody's been talking, ain't that right, Shirley? Somebody's talking about the Messiah. Man, these jailhouses would be different when all those guys in there and ladies start talking about the Messiah. That picked, peaked, that stimulated, that peaked stimulated their curiosity, and now they've learned all about him. Not only that, but most of the followers of Jesus here have become far more sure of themselves. Man, that's powerful right there, isn't it? Confidence, more sure of themselves in the faith than ever. Speaking out fearlessly about God, our Messiah, verse 15, it's true that some here preach Christ because with me out of the way, they think they'll step right into the spotlight. But the others do it with the best heart in the world. One group is motivated by pure love, knowing that I am here defending the message, wanting to help. The others now that I'm out of the picture are merely greedy, hoping to get something out of it for themselves. Their motives are bad. They see me as their competition. And so the worse it goes for me, the better they think for themselves. Verse 18. So how am I to respond? There's a key we want to, want to camp on. How am I to respond? I've decided that I really don't care about their motives, whether mixed, bad, or indifferent. Every time one of them opens his mouth, Christ is proclaimed. So I just cheer them on. And I'm going to keep that celebration going because I know how it's going to turn out through your faithful prayers and generous response of the Spirit of Jesus Christ everything he wants to do in and through me will be done I can hardly wait to continue on my course and I don't expect to be embarrassed in the least on the contrary everything happened to me in this jail only serves to make Christ more accurately known by man Regardless of whether I live or die, they didn't shut me up. They gave me a pulpit. 
last messenger. Dead, I'm his bounty. Life versus even more life, I can't lose. Thank you, RC. Now let's turn the paper over. Don't read it yet. I want to tell you about a couple of guys in the hospital. I visited one of these hospitals in the VA hospital in Muskogee. So I know exactly the size of the room that I'm talking about and describing that a guy wrote about. The title of the article was The Window. The room, the hospital room is just large enough to have two beds and two cabinets beside each one of the beds. No bathroom, no radio, no TV. No, no telephone, just two beds, two patients, two boxes beside the bed, and a window. These guys were in bad shape, and they had to lay flat on their back all day long. They couldn't get up, run around, couldn't do all that stuff, so they were in tough shape. But during the day, and so the conversations with these guys were amazing. They talked about their, their families, they talked about their kids, their grandkids, if they was old enough to have grandkids, and they talked about their jobs. They talked about the, how many jobs they had, and all kinds of jobs, their giftedness, what they could do, what they had built, what they had prepared, what they had written. They talked about their vacations, if they had gone on vacations, and the parts of the country they had been on, the experiences. They talked about their cars how many cars they had, and the first car they had, and the experiences just in with life. It's really interesting how they visited back and forth with one another. But one hour during the day, the guy who was laying in the bed by the window with, they'd prop him up because he had lung issues. They'd prop him up to give him a treatment so his lungs would heal faster because all the fluid building up on his lungs and he needed some help. So they'd prop him up and they'd work on him for an hour and during that time he's looking out that window and he's talking to his fellow roommate what he sees out that window. And he's talking about that beautiful lake out there. And anytime you see a beautiful lake, oftentimes you'll see some duck, you'll see some swan, you'll see some different birds out there, and you'll see some people fishing. And he's talking about those guys out there fishing and some of the fish that they're catching. And you'll see the, the kids lined up, and you'll see the older adults that are helping those kids as they're fishing out there. And he's talking about those people that are sitting over there and are having a picnic, like these two families right here, and how they're enjoying that picnic together. And they're talking about, and the guy looking out the window is talking about what they're eating, the picnic. He's talking about those people that are strolling along on the sidewalk, hand in hand, a, a, a young lady, beautiful young lady and a, and a man, and how they're strolling along, how they're enjoying, and how somebody's out there playing catch with football, and there's a, there's a softball game going on out there. And that softball game's going on, and he, and he describes the game, and everything that he's talking about, and he's looking out that window. This guy over here is just laying there, big man. He's just laying there visualizing everything that's going on. And he even sees somebody, they're throwing a frisbee back and forth and they're catching it and some of them drop it. And somebody, they've got a frisbee game over there. You've seen that frisbee game over here on Riverside. And all that's going on and he sees and he's looking out that window. So guess what's happening to the guy that's laying on, on his back and he can't look out the window? He starts getting mad. He said, why is it that he gets to look out that window, 
I don't get to enjoy any of that that he described to me. And I don't like it. During the night, the fella who was looking out the window describing everything going on, during the night, he starts coughing. Coughing bad. He's coughing bad to the point of he can't hardly get his breath. And he's floundering around, he's groping around, trying to find the button, to push that button to call the nurse. I need some help. The guy that's laying over there in the other bed, he doesn't move. He doesn't grab his button to call the nurse. Pretty soon, the coughing stops. The guy over by the door, he went back to sleep. The next morning, the nurses come in. The nurse come in, check out how they're doing. They bring in their, they're gonna give them a bath. They checked the fella by the window. He died during the night. So they come in and they move his body out of the room. The guy that's laying there by the bed, thinking for the opportune, opportune time, he's going to ask them if he can move over by the window. And so that time arrives and they move him over by the window. A little bit later, he props himself up to look out the window. He sees nothing but a blank wall. How did that man choose to live? How did the guy by the window choose to live? And then the guy by the door, how did he choose to live? How did the Apostle Paul choose to live? while he was in prison, while he was in jail. My buddy who was in uh, prison in Lawton for a length of time, and he became a Christian. He got out of prison in Lawton and he went back to his drug activity, being nasty, and they, got, they caught him again. Now he's in the county jail, Tulsa County Jail. So he's standing there and all those guys that are coming into the gate, coming into the pod, he's standing there with his Bible in his hand. And guess what he's getting ready to do? He's going to teach those guys about Jesus down there at Lawton. He taught them how to fight because the short guys didn't, couldn't make it, couldn't they, Big Bad? Because somebody's going to hurt them and somebody's going to, it's going to be bad. Now they're coming in and he's got his Bible in his hand. He taught them how to fight here and he's teaching them about Jesus here. You see the difference? Look at our paper where it says negative mind. Those who need certain things before they can be joyful. Positive mind says those who need virtually nothing tangible, tangible to give them joy. The negative mind, secondly, those who are dependent on others to provide joy. Positive mind, those who create their own reasons for joy. And the negative mind, the last one, those who see joy as being out there, always future. And the positive mindset says those who choose it now, making it a present reality. And that guy who was sitting by the window, he had that blank wall and looked at everything he saw. And his imagination, his visualization, and everything. How he encouraged that guy over there and all that guy did. Hey,
not fair. How come I don't get to look out? What a way to live. What a way to live. That's our choice today. Philippians chapter 1. Read that again. I've got something else to hand out. RC's going to hand it out. to go see a doctor, a physician. Usually we're having some problems. Do we ever go for a physical checkup? Just a physical, hey, I need a physical, physical checkup. We ever do that? Why? Why do we do that? Because they want to draw some blood, and they want some water, and so they're going to check all that to see if there's what, see what's going on. Like the younger guys, they don't go for a physical checkup. How come? They don't. Got it together. They don't need anything. As we get older, what happens? We'll see our physician and they'll say, hey, you need to come back for a physical checkup. Some people have to go once a month. Some people go more often than that. But what about a spiritual checkup? Number one, do I talk to God? Do I talk to God in prayer on a daily basis? Is Bible study an important part of my life? Am I faithful in worship attendance? Is there something I need to forgive? Is there someone, let me read that correctly. Is there someone I need to forgive? Do I love people more than material possessions? Am I certain of my salvation? Do I only use words that are uplifting to others? Am I always grateful? Or do I have a tendency to complain? Am I honest and truthful in all that I say and do? Am I involved? Father, for encouraging us on the way on how to live. As we witnessed, as we saw that Apostle Paul, how he lived in that dungeon imprisonment, and he never quit sharing the Messiah. Thank you for that commitment, his example of forgiveness, his example of honoring you. And God, we want to walk.